podcast by Grace Student Ministries, designed to encourage and equip parents and leaders as they make mature disciple makers of the next generation. For more resources, check out the show notes. We're glad to have you here. Let's get going. Well, hey, welcome back to Teleos Podcast. We are excited to be with you today. Uh, our third episode of season two, we have Andrew and Kara, as always. Hello. Yep. Hello. And we have a very special guest today. My favorite guest, I think, of all time Aww. is my wife, Beth. Hi, Hi, Beth. That's Bethany. And formerly Flynn, currently Vanny. I guess it should be all the time, Vanny. <laughs> yeah, thanks, sweetie. But it also Current is currently. future. Yeah. <laughs> Beth is an LCPC. You guys know what that, that stands for? Is a personality type? Licensed. That's like a... Psychologist of something. Mm-hmm. It's not a lavender mm-hmm. cotton panda contractor, if oh. you were wondering. <laughs> that was my second I guess. don't like that you had that prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. That was just off the top of my notes. <laughs> top of my notes. <laughs> no, it stands for Licensed Clinical Professional Counselor. Uh, she's been with Christian mm. Psychological Associates, working with many different types of clients since 2009. She got her undergrad and graduate degrees in clinical psychology from Wheaton College and then married the man of her dreams and had three beautiful children. (laughs) (laughs) And she's also been a youth leader for over much of the past 10 plus years. And so, Beth, we are so excited to have you on. We're glad that you would join us and share with us wisdom and insight, especially with this topic today. But before we jump into that topic, something we ask all of our guests is yes. this very important question. What type of high schooler were you? Yes. Yes. So I think I really wanted to be the nice girl in high school, which I probably equated to being um, the, like a Christian in my community, but mm. it was really just more about not making anybody mad at me and wanting people to like me. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So I was the nice girl, and I played a lot of sports and was in a lot of different clubs. What sports did you play? I played volleyball and softball. Nice. Wasn't cool enough to play basketball. But oh. Volleyball. <laughs> we all can't so. be. Yeah. And you were in choir? <laughs> yes, I sang a lot. It was really, really fun. Yeah, very cool. Yes. And uh, East Peoria. Oh, yeah. Most people know what, what mascot that is. I guess, this, is it a mascot or a representative? We got to mm-hmm. be careful here because East Peoria is on the borderline here. Oh, come on now. What, don't what's East Peoria? I, don't, I don't know their mascot. What's the mascot? We were Raiders. The Raiders. Raiders. Right? The Red Raiders, but we don't say that anymore because that's not PC. Also, it Raiders is not the most PC. Is Raiders, that like yeah. piratey? What no, is a Native Raider? Americans. Oh. Right, yeah. I've seen Raiders that like, well, like the, pi- the Oakland Raiders are like, well, they're, they're yeah, not that's Oakland more of a anymore, piratey. but that's more piratey. Yeah. So yeah. Can't they do I'm no, not sure is, how long it'll last. This is the Native Americans. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't yeah, know why do we, we, get, we get to this every single podcast <laughs> now all of them well, are bad we, we, we have a fascination with mascots no, no, I, think it's I, just John. I think it's just john no <laughs> i i really enjoy I it because it. it's like when you think it's of like what do you want to represent yourself right you oh. know and then go from there like i guess, more it's like, the cardinals like is that really that fearsome the it's, red the, birds. it's the redbirds but well really it's a cardinal hey, at least it's not the potheads that's true that's sorry morton yeah so i grew up with that Feeling like, oh, this yeah, is pointless. Yeah, but that's just the nickname that you guys... There's nothing to this. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the come, come on. Look at the, look at the guy. <laughs> look at the guy. He's a, he's a man body with what for a head? A pot. A pot. A, yeah. He's a pothead. Yeah. Well, 
maybe you could turn it into something spiritual, like God is the potter, right? And we are right. the clay, right? Clay. You know, something like that. But yeah. so unique Good thing. Effort. Yeah. <laughs> getting us back on track. That's, right. that's my Sorry. job here. Um, I got us off track, but I got to get that's us back on. Very true. Uh, so Beth also grew up here at Grace. Mm-hmm. And so unique little thing is that you were only a year behind me coming mm-hmm. all the way up through. And yet we still didn't know each other very well because we both weren't that plugged in. Mm-hmm. But kind of an interesting thing. So growing up at Grace, you know the culture here. And it's great to have you serving in this community again. And uh, yeah, so let's jump into some real questions. I guess these are they're all real questions, but yes. these are real questions. Part of the mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So starting off with, so uh, what what led you uh, towards counseling? And um, currently, like what topics and trends seem to keep coming up um, for clients that you get to work with? Sure. So I was thinking about that, and I I was thinking I went into college. I didn't really know what I was going to do when an undecided or something along that line. Mm-hmm. And then as I was growing in my faith and um, as a person, I noticed that God had kind of equipped me to um, be present with people as they're talking about their problems. And mm-hmm. I really, really appreciated that, and it was a gift to me. Um, so, yeah, I think he just – I started to realize that he had made me to be a burden bearer and to be okay shouldering mm-hmm. people's – problems with them and yeah and so one thing led to another and I ended up just staying at Wheaton because I wanted to have some training that was psychology and faith in mm-hmm. um, integrated mm-hmm. which is really important and the me. best food in the nation at a college campus I mean it's apparent. legit it's science is that like it's legit oh, like they, they won award? An, yeah they won an award like cool. a few years wow. in a row at least yeah mm-hmm. I grew up just down the street from Wheaton College actually you so, did mm-hmm, in Lombard what? I know. We were probably in the same town. What you guys walked by Stopped each other at the once. same McDonald's. Or we went to the same Trader Joe's. The rose yeah. garden <laughs> thing that they have in the spring or something, or lilacs. Lilac or parade. Yes. Yes. Great Grandma Vanny took us to that one. Oh, <gasps> did she really? Yeah. Great. Aww. So you're cool. <laughs> Thanks. Yes. And then, so kind of, so in your um, journey of counseling, what are things that you seem to feel like, uh, like topics from clients say that keep that are consistent maybe throughout the years, throughout um, how long you've been doing counseling, just kind of the consistent things that you hear from people Mm -hmm. that stand out. Yeah, well, lately especially, I think apart from the marriage couples that come in, I I don't think I've had one new client maybe in the last half of a year that has not mentioned anxiety Mm -hmm. as a reason for coming in. Wow. Yeah, I was thinking, like, is that legitimately something? I think so. So a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression and loneliness lately. And I think that's due to a lot of different reasons. But those are probably the meat and potatoes of what come in. Mm-hmm. Grief sometimes comes in. Mm. Um, those are kind of like under undercurrents of other issues that they might have. That those anxiety and stress and depression are kind of yeah. present yeah. in a lot of them. Yeah. Do you find that maybe a lot of people have a hard time boiling down what they're experiencing to those things? Anxiety, depression... And you kind of help them discover, actually, here's what's underneath. Or do they come and saying, hey, I have anxiety. Hey, I'm, I'm feeling depressed. Yeah. Oh, that's a big question. I think I think in culture in general, we have a kind of some, we've normalized the term anxiety mm. and depression. Like, I'm so depressed. I'm so anxious. Mm-hmm. Which there's some legitimacy too. But that's part of what I think we'll talk about later is how to help people expand that vocabulary. Mm. Um. I think it just depends on the person because the degree to which somebody is aware of their feelings and able to name them, they're usually a little bit more able to process them a little bit. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So I think also too, Andrew, sometimes uh, 
I find that when people come in and they start talking about their anxiety and depression, a lot of it leads to a lot of identity issues mm. and purpose in life mm. and knowing like direction when where they're going because that will affect your mood too in a great way. Can you expand a little bit more on that? Because we, we see just in the youth, yeah. just this prevalence of stress and anxiety and depression. <laughs> and whether I, can, they're- I think I can actually figure out which kids go to which school based on their level of stress. Really? I'm well, close. I think all of them. I'm thinking, <laughs> getting there. Like, I no, feel like all of them are pretty it's high. It's different types. It's like you know. It's, but but yeah, no, great but question. But with sure. with seeing that so probably whether they can identify it or not, you you touched on identity. Like, is that like just expand more about why are we seeing this so much in our youth and and things like that from an from an identity purpose or just from or? any yeah if if that's a factor or if there hmm. are more. You had to make a guess. Well, I think there are a lot of things feeding into it. Right now, my head's stuck on identity stuff, but I wrote down a couple of different things that I think. <laughs> right. Well, and one thing about the pandemic, obviously the pandemic's mm-hmm. been awful and traumatic. Mm-hmm. I mean, straight up trauma for a lot of people. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of really overhearing people hash through why the pandemic was troublesome. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do that, but it is, I'm just going to, it's trauma and it's been really, really hard for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's something I think technology and social media has really fed into a lot of it too and i'm sure you guys have talked about it but john and i have talked about why technology is bad because it it gives you a pseudo sense of community but the the connection points that you have are not deep right Mm -hmm. and every Mm -hmm. a lot of things like i'm just going to generalize today yeah but a lot of things that people put out there are filtered and you know edited and so if i follow that track down i see um, man so many of the teens that come in right now are terrified to give responses in real life to people because they can't edit them before they come oh, out of their yeah. mouths. Right. It's terrifying mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. Oh, it just makes my heart hurt for them because they can't just be real in them and be okay with them. Yeah. yeah. And they can't delete it if they, you yes, know, they can't right? say something and then yeah. let's delete that and right. say something else. Right? Mm. And that gives like a stress and an anxiety leading up to an interaction. And then yes. when they have an interaction, it, it just, just continues because yeah. it's like, I wish I did this. Or, right. Wow. So yeah. Spiral down. Yes. The tank for sure. for sure. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. Um, yeah, well, and then the lack of deep relationships. I mean, we're embodied people. We're made to be with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we're relying mostly on social media or technology to be our community, I mean, you're going to feel isolated without maybe even realizing it until you're isolated even more, like within the pandemic. And then yeah, yeah. can't make friends right now because I can't go meet new people because, mm-hmm. you know, I'll get the sickness or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah. we see stress and pressure, anxiety. I mean, that seems to be a common denominator that's on the rise. Mm-hmm. One thing that we've also seen, even in some of the Barna studies, is depression, re- legitimate depression and suicidal thoughts on the rise, especially mm-hmm. in teens. And, you know, this probably has been something that teens have struggled with over the years, even before social media. Mm-hmm. But I think it was more of a taboo subject before mm-hmm. where people don't want to talk about it. Um, that's only for the really messed up people. Whereas now it seems to be with social media, um, with celebrities, it's kind of a normative thing. It's not taboo anymore. So people are talking about it. Um, they're more increasingly, sorry, I should say they're increasingly comfortable with bringing up this subject. Mm-hmm. But for our parent listeners, not all of them are so comfortable. And how parents, how would you say parents should engage this topic, either proactively or reactively? I'm talking about with their teens as they talk about suicide or depression, how should they engage their kids on that topic? Sure. 
Yeah, that's a big question. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. help me remember if I'm not leaning <laughs> in onto everything here, but sure. I think just taking a deep breath at first, right, and mm-hmm. and realizing, hey, this is this is here. It is now. We we gotta we can't shy away from it, right? Mm-hmm. So knowing that you take a deep breath, take some time. Because your kids are going to be bringing up stuff, hopefully, to you that you're going to be like, well, I was supposed to make dinner about half an hour ago. (laughs) So being willing to be interrupted, right, Mm. to show them love that way is a really good thing. Um, And let go of your agenda, because I think you have to check your heart as a parent to know, like, hey, we're supposed to present this image to everybody else. Having it all together. Yeah, we're supposed to have it all together. What if the neighbor across the street sees that I am yelling at you or or you're yelling at me kind of thing, right? Mm. So let go of the agenda even of trying to fix your kid right now, right? Just lean in and ask for more mm-hmm. is a really big thing. Mm. One of our big jobs as parents is to attune to our kids and then to help contain our kids' emotion. And that sounds weird at first, but let me let me explain what it means. Yeah, can you define both of yeah. those, I was going to say? So attunement for parents to do for our kids is just being willing to um, sit with, understand and recognize what maybe they're thinking and they're feeling, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you're dialing in to mm. where they're at emotionally and spiritually, Physically even too, right? So you kind of attune in and be okay with it for right now. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to fix it. Tell me more about it. Mm-hmm. I'm okay hearing this because I want you to be able to tell me anything, mm-hmm. right? And then mm-hmm. I'm going to help you contain this. I'm going to help kind of, it's almost like I'm reaching my arms around in, in kind of a hug or a boundary. Like let's, this is within our world right now. We're safe in our home. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more. Let's look at the truth of the subject and let's see what we can do to kind of help the situation or help you do something healthy with the feeling that you're feeling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then if it's necessary, repairment or repairing is also a good, a good step for a parent. Like, Hey, I see that you're having trauma with your, or conflict with your friend here. Mm. This would be a really good, what do you think are really good steps to help you repair that relationship with that person? Or you just raged at your, your daddy. Like, mm. I know you don't really, you're just really upset about flunking your test today. Mm-hmm. How can you go back to dad and make that relationship right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So tune, contain and repair and you can Mm -hmm. almost do both of those like john you had mentioned earlier about this proactive versus reactive type of thing and it can be small little outbursts things like that and Mm -hmm. then it can also be it's like the same process that you're taking your kids through when there is a bigger issue and you've already built this relationship and this kind of process of i'm here for you i'm for you right and it's not so like when we think reactionary i think we think like oh no what do i do i have to figure it out i have to solve all their problems but it's just like no like let's continue to go through the same things yeah Mm. the more proactive that you are the less reactive you'll have to be right because you will be responding instead of reacting yeah Mm. responding with purpose Ooh, that's good. Yeah, I like that. Now, little little side question. Would you think that most parents are going to have to deal with this subject in some way, shape, or form with their teenagers? I'm talking about suicide and depression, just the topic of it. Or can any parents just get off the hook and say, no, I I won't have to deal with this? I mean, I'm sure there are going to be parents out there that can scoop by without it, which is a huge gift, right? Mm. But it's in in our media right now, Mm -hmm. too, right? That's what I mean. Media, friends, yeah. And the kids' media, yeah. So I really think either it's going to be part of your, I mean, I hate this, but part of your family, because every family's broken in some way, right? Mm -hmm. Every person's broken in some way. Mm -hmm. Aunts, uncles, cousins, or it's going to be in your sweet kiddo's life, Mm -hmm. or it's going to be in their friends' lives. Either the the terminology or like actual, actual legit issues and crises. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, there's there's something else that I've heard recently that I think is really, really helpful. 
um, David Thomas, which is, he did a podcast for Rooted Ministry called All About Boys. Such a good podcast. Mm. But he's a counselor down in Tennessee. He talks about like kind of emotional capabilities. I forget the term that he uses about them. Um, helping your teenager, your kid kind of learn these certain things about emotions that are going to help them mm-hmm. as they're processing their emotions and as you're t- attuning and containing. Um, he said it's really important to help them learn four things. Um Learn the vocabulary for what they're feeling, right? Learning to name it. Because like I said before, people just kind of leave it as I'm upset, I'm stressed, mm-hmm. or I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. And really... And that's so vague. Yeah. No, I'm really lonely right now, mm. right? Or I feel like I'm disappointing you, and so I feel shame. Stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? Mm-hmm. And then Because you, you can't really help them understand or, or kind of grow through it and fix it, if that's the word for it, or, you know if you can't really properly name what is going on in their hearts in the first Mm. place, right? Mm -hmm. So learning the vocabulary. He also said it's important um, to help them provide perspective, right? Because right now, if you've noticed in media or anywhere, you'll have a kid that may be like, we'll have a bad day at school. I'm thinking something small happens. Um, I dropped my pencil and I couldn't find it. And Mm. and this is just exaggerating, but sometimes it's this thing, but they, they end up saying I should just die, right? Mm-hmm. I had a, a fight with my friend. I should just not be here. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's happening younger and younger, which is so sad to me. Mm-hmm. But learn, helping them to learn the perspective of, okay, this this small thing happened at school, not belittling it, but saying when they are calmed down, you can say, okay, let's go back. Was that really something that would make you seem, think that you want to die? Mm-hmm. Or is, can we use a word like, I was disappointed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Let's have some proportional mm-hmm. reactions mm-hmm. to what's happening here. Because are That's you good. saying that they just like attach themselves to sometimes just vocabulary like stress and depression and yeah. things like, oh, I want to die when it's not actually what they're truly feeling? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've heard one of our sweet ones say, I lost. Our team lost our game in gym class, and it was the worst day ever. Mm. Okay, sweetheart, let's think about this. Yeah. What else could happen today? Maybe you were disappointed that you lost the game, but did you still enjoy playing it? Stuff mm-hmm. like that. So helping mm-hmm. them have a proportional response. Mm-hmm. Um, helping That's them to good. build empathy with other people, like understanding yes. what Andrew's feeling. Like, man, you looked sad today. I wonder what happened. Right? Would you feel sad in that situation? What are some good prompting questions? I guess, okay, so, so I want to pause on empathy uh-huh. because... I personally view that as a huge component in in this discussion, um, mm-hmm. and and I think encouraging and even helping foster empathy is very different um, across ages. Um, hmm. So um, that's a that's a hard question. I'm trying to figure out how to ask, sure. but it's it's kind of at different places, what do you see as effective or just good, healthy ways of fostering empathy in in kids, teens, adults even? Sure. My life right now at home is kids. Mm-hmm. So this is going to probably see, seem a little young for what you guys are working with. But just as we're watching movies or maybe playing with neighborhood kids and you're not around them, right? Like, I'm going to talk about that person and they can hear me. No, you can say, hey, this kid over there seemed like he was a little upset today. What do you think he was feeling? Or yeah. that friend right there tripped and fell. How do, How would that make you feel? Mm-hmm. And I'll just start to kind of put your help your kid put themselves in that shoe, in that mm-hmm. place, right? Mm-hmm. Or in the movie, um, Mr. Incredible 
had just stayed up all night with Jack Jack. What <laughs> what do you think he's feeling right now, right? Or the mommy has disappeared, like because of the bad guy. What's going on in that daughter's heart, yeah. kind of thing, right? Mm. It's almost expanding their emotional vocabulary yeah. and By helping asking, them to attune yeah. as well, because yeah. they can sure. start to project onto other even characters, even mm. characters, like you're saying, and yeah. and it starts with a simple question of just what do you think they feel right now? Right. What would yeah. that be like for them? I'm thinking for teenagers, because you work with teenagers and little teens, right? Preteens. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's so easy at that age to be so self-absorbed. Yes. And yes. Yeah, I hate that's a... Well, even to survive, you can feel like you have to be. Sure. Yeah. What do you see for that, surviving-wise? Um, I see it as this kind of... Well, it, it starts with the, I need to be accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, usually totally unvoiced. It's very rare you come across a kid that can say that that's what's going on. You know, but but that becomes the look at other people. And instead of wondering what's their perception of the world, say, like having empathy of saying, how do they feel about these kind of things? They're they're asking the question, how do they feel about me? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's very common. But it's like this, it's kind of a, if I'm going to stay afloat in this whatever social spectrum, I need to make sure everybody feels good about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah which severely limits your idea of how much a person can feel if you're only thinking about what they feel about you. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's one of the reasons we chose the phrase, uh, it's not about me for the right. senior high. Mm. And it's not to belittle people because humility is not thinking worse about yourself, but it's thinking less about yourself. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to instill in preteens and teens is just thinking less about yourself and thinking more about others. Yeah. Christ I mean, came like not to be often, served, but to right? serve. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because everything in society, and especially social media, is just, it's about you. It's about mm-hmm. your perfect image, your curated, you know, Well, and it's about how much you that. enjoy other people's images and how much you, and you know, yes. it, it's, it's yes. weirdly, uh, yeah, tangled. Bizarre. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. It's a tangled mess for sure. Yeah. I think it helps, too, to kind of remind the kids like in light of God and what he thinks about you, which is that identity thing we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Remember who you are and who he's created you to be. Remember, Remember who you are. <laughs> yep, yep. No, yeah, and then because if you have that as your foundation, as their guest, you can, they, I'm sure it's a reaction, like what do they think about me? Remember who you are, right? Also know that they're probably struggling too, mm-hmm. right? Because everybody, you can't compare your insides to everybody else's outsides. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Right? Mm-hmm. And, Ooh. right? And so if you kind of stop and think, once you calm them down, remember who you are. I know what that person said was maybe not nice. Maybe their home life's not so good. Maybe they're really nervous too and they feel like they need to put somebody else down. Or maybe they're trying to be funny but didn't realize that they did it in a really harmful way mm-hmm. or hurtful way. Yeah. Or, or, or maybe even saying maybe they feel... Just like you. Yeah. Yep. As yep. a man. I, yeah. That's where the empathy can come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so far what we've heard um, for parents' sake is attunement mm-hmm. and containment is to say, just as a regular habit, I need to be in tune with mm-hmm. where my kid is at. The conversation needs to be free-flowing. Mm-hmm. And then providing them healthy containment, which probably progresses at different ages, mm-hmm. but it gives a safe space for, for teens to be who they really are. But I know a number of parents are probably also freaking out a little bit as they think about, but what happens when my kid comes home and they say they're depressed or they've had suicidal thoughts or they have a friend Mm. who does that too? Or you hear it through a friend. Or you hear it or you see it on social media (laughs) or you see it anywhere. It's bound to happen. 
But I think a lot of parents probably feel like I just feel inadequate in dealing with this topic. So, so what are some things that you would say for them? What are some warning signs, maybe some little red flags that maybe should be on their radar Mm -hmm. or how should they begin to process that? Because their, their initial reaction might be shock, um, crisis Mm -hmm, mode. Mm -hmm. What should they do in that situation? Yeah. No. Yep. So just putting it out there, like I'm a trained professional, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. I can, you are. It's a, it's a License little. License to kill. <laughs> I mean, to help. Purple panda. What? Um, yeah. Right. In the counseling session, like I've got the, I know, but man, just from a per- parent perspective, mm-hmm. I know I would even like freak out. So mm, yeah. you're not alone in that. Even counselors mm-hmm. do that too. Okay. Yeah. So I, man, again, take a deep breath. Mm. Lord, please help. And then mm. lean in. Mm-hmm. If you're around a whole bunch of people, see if you can get to a spot where you can talk a little bit m- without interruption and mm-hmm. just hear mm-hmm. what's going on, what's been happening, what was actually said, what are you feeling if it's your kid? Uh, and then remind them to, man, there's nothing that you can do that would change my love for you. And mm-hmm. I'm with you in this and I want to help you. Let's figure this out together. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I also want to remind you that, hey, God loves you too. Mm-hmm. You are so good to do this. John's very faithful in helping our kids remember how much God loves them consistently and Mm. unconditionally. Mm. So having those things at the groundwork and then just figure out three things specifically. Um, Like if it's your child that's saying that he is feeling like hurting himself or or feeling suicidal, then check for the thoughts. Like what are you thinking? What are the thoughts that you're having? Mm -hmm. Because there can be things like, man, I just, like we call it passive suicidal ideation. I just, man, if I weren't here tomorrow... It'd be so much easier. I'd rather be in heaven anyway, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not—it's not a specific like I want to kill myself kind of thing. It's just I'm really that down. Yeah. Mm. Or active, you know, thoughts like, man, I just really want to kill myself. Um, check for um, a plan or a method that they would do it. Like I would—I know where Dad's gun is. Mm. I really just feel like I'm really tempted to go upstairs and grab it out of the lockbox or whatever, or the pills or whatever. Um, and then also intent like. I just want you to know I'm feeling this way next Tuesday. I'm going to do this. There's nothing you can do, you know, mm-hmm. the plan to do that. Um, if your kiddo is saying anything like that, I mean, for sure, take it seriously because, you know, safety first. Remind them of those things that we talked about for getting them the help and the love. And, and I care enough about you to get this help for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can get some outside help for this. Mm. I want to talk to a pastor or get a counselor, a Christian counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, really, if, if any of those things are mentioned for my kid, I'd probably want to just either either make sure I'm really stepping up my time with them and intention. But I, it's I feel like it's always okay to just reach out for some Christian counseling. Mm-hmm. I'm a little biased, but <laughs> having somebody that's kind of outside of the world where they can speak freely, I mean, yeah, whether it's not to do with their parents or not, it's just a good spot to have more of the community and the body of Christ. Pouring mm-hmm. into your kiddo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll add as a caveat, I specifically appreciate the Christian counseling along with the clinical training. Mm-hmm. I like that combination because you can kind of have a more well-rounded, balanced approach mm-hmm. to see what's really going on in their hearts and minds and, you know, approach it from there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. We have, no, we're just uh, making faces at each other because we hear that we hear oh, kids <laughs> outside. 
making mm-hmm. noise, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Technology. It'll will be help, a right? it'll be a happy podcast. Yes, that's right. You need know. to attune to them, Andrew. I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> digitally. So that's you were saying. This is if they open up and share with you that you need to listen first. You need to make sure they're physically safe, mm-hmm. and then you need to get some help. Right. Yes. What if they don't open up? Which maybe that's the more common scenario. I don't know which is more sure. common. If you just what are some things that they should look in, look at for their teens if their teens don't ever approach them, but they might notice something's up? Right. Yeah, there are some warning signs that you can kind of keep an eye out for. Um, I think uh, change, bigger changes, changes in behavior. Like if your kid is a really big social butterfly and all of a sudden like they're, they're not coming out of the room or all of a sudden they're not hanging out with their best friends. Mm-hmm. As they as they're normal, or or you notice they're not nearly as much on their phone, like they're you know changes in behavior like that. You just kind of want to ask like what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, changes in sleep pattern. All of a sudden they're not sleeping at all. They're up all night, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else here. You know, any kind of giving away of things that they're cherished, like mm-hmm. they have. A whole bunch of Pokemon cards. I'm really striking out with <laughs> This is for be. little kids. Yes, yeah. no, or... Hey, oh, not only little thing. kids. <laughs> no, no it's cards. a thing everywhere. Right? Okay, it's a thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So little kids all the way Pokemon up through my age. Stuff, yes. I'm not saying I do. I'm just, They're like I'm just selling defending out in, yeah. right at Target and stuff. <laughs> what? <laughs> what I've heard. Yeah. yeah. Someone right. told me that. Pokemon cards. Mm. No, if they're giving that stuff away... Um, you want to, you know, what's what are, are you saying goodbye to people kind of in a weird and inappropriate way? Like, man, you've really meant a lot to me as you're saying goodbye to your grandma mm. kind of thing. Yeah. Just yeah. watch out for that. Okay. This is a, I mean, this is heavy. I'll use mm-hmm. back yeah. to the future language. <laughs> I guess it's 50s language. No, you know, no, and, I got to stop you there. It was 85. Everyone says it's eighties language. This it's is heavy. 80s language. He said Fine. it in the. Fi- I'm sorry. This is not important. We this have a movie heavy. aficionado on I'm hand. Sorry. sorry. I thought you would know better, John. Yeah, you do have your Back no. to the Future shirt on. I, whoa, that's true. Right. I do. So, so I think a lot of parents are still. They might still feel overwhelmed, but mm-hmm. I think um, just saying, "Hey, there are people to help. Mm-hmm. This is not something that you have to bear on your own. You don't have to be." a professional counselor. Mm-hmm. You just love on your kid, listen to them, make sure they're safe, mm-hmm. and then be bold enough to say, I need help. Mm-hmm. I need help. Yeah. And that's a nice thing that I've noticed is that actually counseling has become less and less stigmatized. Totally, yeah. Mm-hmm. At least from what I've seen. I've seen even in the time in ministry that it used to be the kind of like, oh, if you're going to a counselor, you must be really messed up. Whereas now I think it actually is more of a biblical idea. You see Proverbs is filled with, surround yourself with many counselors. Mm-hmm. And the, the need to reach out to others who have wisdom and expertise. So I hope that parents who are hearing saying that's not a defeated thing to do that. That's actually a really healthy thing as well. Yeah, for sure. I think it's really important too as parents to have community around. Don't do parenting alone mm. if you can. Because then you can know, hey, like I'm, I'm freaking out here. I feel like we're the only ones that are messing up our kids. But no, like, hey, I just learned from my best friend. Their kids are pretty messed up too, just like we are. Yes, and yeah. I'm not alone. And they have some ideas of what's worked for them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Reach out for help. Do we have time to go into? So we talked about kind of like crisis mode, uh-huh. like if they are having like serious suicidal or harmful thoughts. But what about those parents that their kids are just kind of in this? They think they do have anxiety. They think they do have some level of depression. Do we have time to go into yeah. kind of how do we how do we encourage those parents and what's the kind of steps? Okay, it's not crisis mode. Their their kids 
not having suicidal thoughts, but they're not okay. Right. Mm. Where is the space for parents to lean in? How much should they push their kids for whether it's counseling or extra tools and and equipping them to be able to handle their thoughts and emotions and things? Yeah, that's a good question. That might be kind of more the norm Mm -hmm. since there is so much distress right now. Um, I think that's the time if you're willing to help with your kiddo. Hey, let's let's talk about what's going to help you feel better right now, right? You're feeling really sad about your friend that really had a hard time. That's okay to feel sad. What are some coping skills that you can have that help you feel better? Let's go back and listen to some of that uplifting music. Um, you know, so if your parent can lean in and try and help the kid, you make use of the healthy uh, coping skills that they have and that works and they're functioning okay, then that that's great, right? So helping equip your kids to use good things to help themselves feel better in healthy ways as opposed to... Um, you know, turning to substances or anything like that is a relief. If they're doing okay with their academics, right, and they're still connecting with friends, they're able to do, like, their after-school job, and they're still stressed, that's the time where I feel like, okay, just help them bone up on their own resources, and you might not necessarily have to reach out for help. Mm-hmm. Right. And I would say this, I'll throw this in, not your words, but mine, mm. is even limiting screen time, mm. um, because I think they've done studies, too, that after teens spend certain amount of time on social media uh they actually are more depressed more stressed more anxious Mm -hmm. you know you go there as an escape to try to have like you know you feel better and a lot of people don't feel better because you spend the whole time comparing oh their life is better than mine Mm -hmm. they've got more success they've got more going Mm -hmm. on so you end actually feeling worse and saying i need to do more right and so even just having a healthier balanced diet of of social media as well i think Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to do that as well. Mm. I mean, I adult, think that's, adults that's can do that key. as well. Yeah, mm, I, think, I think the key there is that, like, like I keep hearing you say, Beth, kind of like this, be with them. Yes. And, and like, if, mm-hmm. if, you know, I can imagine telling a kid to spend less time on his phone and say uh, the parent still spends right. a ton of time on their phone, you right. know, right. that that in, that'll, they'll feel that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. they'll feel that this is why is this specific to me why is this yeah, yeah. and it won't feel like a together thing yeah. it's a hard issue but as we yeah. disciple our kids we need to model for them right yeah yeah that's right absolutely what would happen this i'm just thinking too because what happens if your kid comes up and says um mom my friend just texted and they're gonna take some pills or something like that mm. yeah what does a parent what is the role of a parent in that situation mm. how responsible are they for they can't fix their own kid, <laughs> let alone another kid. But mm-hmm. what is there a legal thing actually too? Like if a parent hears about a friend doing that, you know all this stuff, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, legal. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of. I know if you're a mandated reporter, which a lot of us are. A mandated reporter. Yeah. Just to clarify, what is a mandated reporter? Due to the job that you have or some position that you have, probably I think it's anybody working with kids, mm-hmm. eighteen or younger, eighteen right? or younger. Yeah, you have if you hear anything that's along the lines of kind of going to hurt themselves or somebody else or any kind of abuse, you have to contact authorities to get them the help that they need. Mm. Um, yeah. So as a man, I mean, if I have one of my kids came up with that, I would have to get them the help no matter what. But I think as a parent, even if, if you're not a mandated reporter I, and my kid came up, then you need to help them understand, man, that's really hard. Mm-hmm. And I care about your friend too, and we need to get them the help. And if my kid were to say something to another child and their parents knew and did not tell me, I would be upset because mm. oh, I would want be awful. to yeah. know yes. my kid needs help. So 
I think in as much as you can that it's safe, like if you know if it's a really sketchy situation and the other parent is kind of an abusive parent in general, mm-hmm. and you feel like that's going to get the, then you call the authorities, if anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you always want to. To do something. Yes. That's Yeah, that's very difficult. Right? Yeah. It's going to be hard for the kids too, because the teen's going to be like, well, my, my friend's going to be mad at me. They're never going to talk to me again. Yeah. You know, that for right now when they're hurting so much, that might be the case. Mm-hmm. But... What's more important? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that they get the help that they need and that they're safe and they might be mad at you for a little while or they really are hurt. Yeah. And it's not okay. Yeah. Well, and just for parents who are listening, that's a policy that we have in the youth ministry as well, hmm. that if a student opens up with something like that in the small group time, mm-hmm. we do keep it confidential. But when they open up with something serious like depression or suicide, we tell them well in advance, we care enough about you to get the help you need, which yes. means talking to your parents Right yes. away, not waiting, right. but telling them right away. And so that's yeah. been our policy for years and years. And yeah. everyone working in youth ministry, even the volunteers, are mandated reporters correct. now, too. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah, and mm-hmm. trained and, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So since we're on the topic of scary stuff, scary stuff. <laughs> for the parents that are nervous about even bringing this topic up, whether it is their students are struggling or not, uh-huh. just bringing the topic up, can you just speak into this, uh, I don't know if it's a stigma of, if I talk about suicidal thoughts and my kid will start to have suicidal right. thoughts or I'm putting this verbiage in their in in their world and so am I causing them right. to head down this path? Oh sure. That's a natural like fear, right? Mm-hmm. Am I gonna be am I doing this to my kids? But no. Chances are that they've already been exposed to the language anyway. Mm-hmm. If they've been thinking about these things anyway and you're willing to talk about it, that opens up a line like, hey, my mom's not too scared to talk about something that's really heavy. Mm-hmm. And really real. Really my, real. Yeah. yeah. So no, you're letting them know that you're okay talking about that, that you want to talk about it and you're not putting the thoughts in their head. Yeah. Awesome. That's yeah. an encouragement. <laughs> that's really an encouragement. And so I'd say, you know, even for parents who feel like I haven't brought it up yet, I know I should, but mm-hmm. I haven't done it yet because I'm I'm worried, I want to keep my child innocent. You know, first of all, they probably already have heard mm-hmm. something in way shape in some way shape or form. Mm-hmm. And what that spreads to way more than just this topic, mm-hmm. every topic, yes. every topic. And so as a parent, wouldn't you rather have the first voice in the matter mm. and the most consistent voice mm-hmm. in the matter? And not just with this topic, like you said, but all topics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is awkward. It is a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit scary. But I think I would rather have it coming from me rather than little Jimmy, who's, <laughs> you <Right>. know. <laughs> Here's what I learned on the bus yes. today. Oh, right, man. right. So that's the proactive part of it, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, thank you. This has been awesome. I think we should have Beth come back. What do you think, guys? Yes. Yeah, I, think I have so. already so many questions. But yeah, we still don't even have to like ask, <laughs> we could do a series. ask the counselor, you know, so Ooh. parents could even do that. Um, and you may have some resources too. And any yeah. resources, even if you don't mention them here, we could put them in the show notes. So check out the show notes. Cool. But I did want to ask you before we close, what, what what's the last encouragement or reminder that you have for parents and leaders out there? And this could be resources you have or just one last reminder. Sure. Anything you want to share? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I I want this to come across with my from my heart mm-hmm. because I'm not sitting here in judgment at all because it's been rough lately a lot. But I foresee and I'm a little bit nervous about, you know, as things are starting to open back up that we're going to be unwilling to be back around people. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really hard for us and our teens need to be around people. Mm-hmm. This this is not going well for them, right? So in as much as you feel like it's safe, parents, um, 
for you and your family and for, you know, just doing it in a, in a smart and wise way, get your teens back around people, especially get them back to church too. Because mm-hmm. I think it's going to be easier for us to just be like, oh, I've had a long week and I'm not going to go to church. I'll just watch it online. Mm-hmm. But we need each other. We need the body of Christ. We need to be Amen. around people. So mm-hmm. please go back <laughs> to people soon. Yeah. I think we can condone that, right? Yes. <laughs> You're okay we with got space. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so much different than even connecting by Zoom yes. or yeah. live stream or yes. whatever. I'm thankful that we've had the ability to continue to worship from that platform but we need to be with people yeah as we can amen wow. that's great all right well do you mind if i pray for us please do. Uh, for our time here mm-hmm. dear god thank you for this time um thank you so much for the heart you've given beth to lean in and listen um to uh not just her own kids but many many people um and thank you for the insight she's able to share with us i pray you make us um, parents and leaders included uh, people that aren't afraid to lean in two hard things, not because we have all the answers, God, um, but because we know you do. Um, and because we know, um, you will be with us and you, um, you define who we are, um, who our kids are, uh, who our parents are. Um, um, and you give us the strength to be able to endure through these, through these hard things. I pray for anybody listening right now, God, that, um, might be going through something like this or similar, um, even right now, God, I pray that you would give them comfort, peace, strength, and courage um, to lean in, and courage to even reach out for help. Um, I pray that they would not feel shame mm. over mm. over that at all, um, and that we as the body of Christ would increasingly help others not feel shame for needing help, because, well, that's what the gospel is all about, God. We need help. Um, so help us uh, be humbled in our asking and in our offering of help. Um, thank you so much for this time. Um, please bless us as we go forward. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, Andrew. Thanks mm-hmm. for joining us. Hooray! We will have you back. Oh, and <laughs> yeah, check out those show notes. We'll have yeah. some links in there for you for additional help. You can always email us, yes. and we can connect with the right people. Goodbye. So thanks again. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Teleos. We hope it helped you on your disciple-making journey. If you know anyone else that might benefit from the conversations here, we would love for you to share it with them. You can find Teleos anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you want to learn more or get hold of us, visit our website at gracepress.org student. That, along with all other resources you heard about in this episode, can be found, as always, in the show notes below. Thanks again for listening in. See you next time on Teleos.